that's the the mindset and the mantra of the entrepreneur is to find find the gap and find a way over it we're very resourceful and so it's you know i'm still doing that to this day what's the thing that i don't want to do that i can find someone else to do so i can go do more of what i like doing it's looking down and putting the next foot in front of the other and then you look up and say oh oh gosh look where i am what can i do with that now All right, well, excellent. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week's edition of the Entrepreneurial Impact. My name is David Donaldson. I do this along with my associate, Joe Martin, who can't be with us today, but I'm very, very excited to kind of jump in. And we're going to be talking to Kristen Francis of the Kristen Francis team of the KW Metro Center Market Centers. So while we jump back into this, it's going to give a little refresh of what we do and why we're doing what we're doing. So it's real estate driven. It's business driven. However, we all come from somewhere and our stories all matter, right? I mean, me personally, I grew up with a family dynamic where my parents worked for the same companies almost their whole life, pension driven. My wife's family's come from a background of serial entrepreneurs. So that kind of, that spoke to me when I've seen and grown up with both dynamics, right? So having had a couple of companies that I've been involved with myself, both real estate, technology driven, coaching driven. I love to hear stories and Joe loves to hear stories from other people and what that entrepreneurial aspect has meant to them, how's it affected them and what has it done for them in their world. So today, Kristen, it's all about you. Here, I thought I was going to be Joe's stunt double for today. And he's like, you know, <laughs> similar hair. It's all there. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Kristen Francis. I'm super excited for this week to be my week on entrepreneurial impact with David and Joe. It's my honor to share my story from entrepreneurial to purposeful. I've got a team here in the Washington DC area, specifically Arlington, about 13 individuals who are just crazy enough to be on brand with me, uh, selling just under $60 million a year and living a life by design. A little bit about me. So I've been in real estate, uh, gosh, that makes me do math, since 2004 is when I, I dove in at first. Um, and the irony is that I, I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur until about three years ago. So when you say that you didn't realize it, you owned your own business, but was it a mindset thing? It just, I didn't clue into the fact that this really was my own business. There was many years where uh, I just thought I was selling houses and because I was under the KW umbrella that I, it wasn't really my own business. This is something that a bunch of people have done before and I wasn't reinventing the wheel really. Um, but I, I didn't really clue in until I started forming a team and then it became really real to me. You know, and I don't think that's indifferent to a lot of people that get their license and have that, hey, I'm going to do this, whether it's as a business, as a second career, uh, even as a hobby to a degree, right? They don't think of that. But when they start following the rules and assistance we provide to them, and the team is usually that trigger for a lot of people of, hey, now I'm going to start treating this like a business. Right. When other people suddenly start depending on you. Well, Yeah. <laughs> holding you accountable. And then, you know, it gets real. So how did you get there? Like, so you have 15 years of strategic marketing background, which obviously is incredible experience leading you up to starting your own organization. But what was that like for you? And how did that lead you into real estate? 
So I think a lot of it is, uh, I don't believe that I am the world's best salesperson. I think I am really great at relationships and communication and education. And all of those things snowball together into a natural sales environment because I could sell ice to an Eskimo if I really believed that that Eskimo really needed it, right? Um, and so the the people skills really parlayed into the real estate environment. And I have a really big network and I I make a lot of friends and those people trusted me to do a really good job for them. And so by the time I got to, I guess it was late 2016, early 2017, I was having my third child and I realized that I had far more business than I could handle and give the same kind of service that, that I wanted to. Um, and also I needed to pay attention to my children. It's generally a good choice. So I, I, um, I tripped and fell into it. Honestly, I did not set out to do it, but a friend tackled me on the playground after preschool pickup and said, Hey, I've been watching you and you really look like you could use some help. And I think I could help you. And I said, okay, (laughs) sounds great. Let's do that. So your friends, so they were running their own business and they saw something in you, right? That they recognized that this person's got it. Um, this person did not have real estate experience at the time, um, but wanted to get back into the workforce. I think a lot of moms probably end up in the same category where they've been out of the workforce for a while, or um, in especially military spouses who don't have an opportunity necessarily to nurture a career because you have to keep uprooting every couple of years. Um, and that was the situation here. So um, it was very visible the transition that I was making from, hey, I'm here to talk for a few minutes while we wait for the kids to come out and then play with the kids for a little bit and then head home to constantly on the phone and, um, you know, running from one place to another in a hurry. And so um, this person was able to identify that there was a gap (laughs) that she could fill and uh, she was not wrong. There was a a lot of gaps. And I really hadn't thought through what I was going to do next. And fortunately, KW provides models. And so when that was brought to me, I said, oh, okay, now which foot do I put in front of the other? How does that go? But you allowed yourself, you opened yourself to hearing that. So they're receiving that for the first time. You were like, okay. And, and I'm going to pause and say, look, you know, being a single, or not a single parent, but being a parent, right? Raising children, that's the ultimate job, right? It is entrepreneurial because the things that we all do as parents and what that time constraints allow us, I, I see a lot of relatives. You know, I've been a parent for, for 16 years now, and I understand the, the correlation to the two, that running a home is running a business, right? Whether we think of it that way or not, that's the biggest aha for a lot of people is, well, I've, I've done a lot of things, although maybe didn't call it a business. Well, let me ask you a little bit about your background. So, Coming up to that point, married, spouse, military, which thank you, by the way, right, for, you know, even though you're a military spouse, you participate in the military, that's the way I look at it, right? Military spouses, significant others, all incredibly important for those out in harm's way. So I, I thank you for that. So I mentioned in the beginning, kicking off, that my parents did not come from that, that aspect, right? They were, they got a job, they had the job, they retired from the job, right? My wife's side, what does that look like for you? Like, was this something new completely to you or were you exposed to that at an earlier age? You know, a little bit of both. It's uh, no one's asked me that question. So I appreciate that. Uh, my mom was a homemaker 
and uh, I have five brothers. So there was six of us kids at home and my father was uh, Air Force. Okay. And as you can imagine in the Washington DC area with five boys and one girl, that is not enough money to make the, the food go round literally. Um, so my father had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of jobs. Once he was retired from the military, he was an entrepreneur and he, uh, he did various things. And I remember helping him like shred paper. He was doing background checks for a while. Um, and there were three or four different companies or organizations that he worked for, but he was an entrepreneur. And it wasn't until I became successful in real estate that my father even drew those lines. And he said to me that, uh, I guess it was my, my grandfather was uh, an incredible salesperson. And so he was very proud and said, you know, it runs in your blood and, and, you know, you're an excellent salesperson. And I kind of looked at him and I said, well, you were the first entrepreneur though. It, you could include me in and let me know that I was one too. I didn't even know. Um, and all of my brothers have traditional jobs and I was the only one who went this route. Well, that's awesome. Like, a lot of people have similar stories, right? Whether they were the first entrepreneur, but if you go back and you have those types of conversations with them about what their exposure was, what their experience was, there's usually something, a key or trigger, right? That led them to understanding that there's something different out there that I want to try. And that entrepreneurial spirit and what that can do to us can be minimal at times because we don't realize it right now you've been there and, and i love that you said that you and your father actually connected on that later right like what was that aha like were you guys just like right but it's like wow we really did both do this so the irony is thick because uh i left corporate america in 2012 after i had my first son and um I didn't anticipate that I was going to have children, but after we got married, that happened. So I said, okay, I guess we're doing this. And um, I, I wanted to have the opportunity to stay home with my kids as my mother had done. And she was the Pinterest mom before Pinterest was even a thing, you know, always perfectly curated, whatever. Um, and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to give that a whirl because I just love this thing, you know, this tiny little human that I made and I want to spend more time with it. And I don't, suddenly the appeal of corporate America just wasn't there for me. And so I said, well, you know, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay at home and I'll do real estate on the side and some marketing consulting work. And I'll just, you know, I'll just make lifestyle money. If I could make $50,000 a year, I'm good. We'll go on some nice vacations. I'll be home with my son and won't this be great? And what resulted is me failing at staying home. I accidentally built a real estate empire while trying to be a stay-at-home mom. So I was trying to follow my mother's footsteps and I ended up in my father's shoes. You know, I, I see that in, in women a lot, right? That double helix of you can't be a micromanager. You can't be a multitasker, right? You can only be as best, your best self in one direction or other, right? But meeting in the middle is seldom. And when you're driven, right? You have came from a professional career. So you were driven, right? You were driven to be a good mom. You were, you were driven to be a business professional. And one of those or other of those couldn't take a backseat to the other. And as you were giving it to yourself, right? You're being your best at both. And then you recognize it's hard to be best at both and be fantastic at both at the same time. Yeah. And I remember having the, the decision moment 
to say, am I going to back off on the, the sales and turn my attention back to attempting to be a stay-at-home mom? Or are we going to find appropriate leverage so that we can do everything that we want to do? And I think you it's probably obvious what choice I made. Well, yes. And I'm sure that there was a conversation. It wasn't something I imagined happened overnight. So what did it look like? How did you get there? In typical entrepreneurial fashion, I didn't do anything normally. Um, instead of hiring a nanny, I hired a cook because that was the thing that was taking up all the time was grocery shopping, preparing the meals, washing the dishes. And I wanted to be able to be there for my clients, uh, many of which were my friends, because I told you that I'm completely uh, repeat and referral based. So these are all my people. And I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to be a good friend. And I wanted to spend my time effectively with my children. So I said, well, what's the one thing? And this is before the one thing, but (laughs) here, what's the one thing that's getting in my way? And so I didn't want to outsource the time with my children. I wanted to outsource the chores. So we hired a cook and she did the shopping and the cooking and the cleaning, and we did the eating and the playing. And it was great. Um, I think it was when my daughter, so I didn't have any childcare until my third child was born. So my daughter was nine months old and we finally got a nanny. Wow. So here you are, you're running the business. You've got now three children and all up until this time, you're juggling both careers, right? Mom and businesswoman. And you realize that I'm running out of of daylight to do these things, right? And I like it, right? I love that you said I identified the what and found the who, right? We hear Gary say sometimes, right? If you're not, if you don't have a cook, you are one right? If you don't have a cleaner, you are one, right? And so all of those things are true, right? So you recognize, and we talk about building a business, who that first hire is, and we always talk about administrative support. Really, the leverage in your world is that first who. And for you, it was a personal first who to allow the business who start to materialize. Yeah. And I think that's the the mindset and the mantra of the entrepreneur is to find find the gap and find a way over it. We're very resourceful. And so it's, you know, I'm still doing that to this day. What's the thing that I don't want to do that I can find someone else to do so I can go do more of what I like doing. And, um, you know, I have, I have an entire class. I teach about it accidentally by design, which is that, I, you know, ready, fire, aim. We generally don't make those decisions in advance. It's looking down and putting the next foot in front of the other. And then you look up and say, oh, well, gosh, look where I am. What can I do with that now? So no, I just get to say that you're also now an instructor. Yeah, I created a class called uh, Accidentally by Design, which goes with the podcast and several other things, which is about living a very purposeful and balanced life that you can have enough money and enough time and enough to give of both. And to be more purposeful as entrepreneurs, gosh, that word is getting hard to say, isn't it? I get tongue-tied with it all the time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So um, to have enough time to give and to begin with the end in mind. So I'm trying to help a lot of people um, shortcut their way to success and not have as many stumbling blocks as I've had. I like to say that I am the biggest failer 
I'm not a failure failure yet because I'm not dead. So I just continue to fail forward really fast. That's the key. Just do it faster. And I love that. Like that's kind of where I, how I've gotten to where I'm as, as an instructor, as a coach, right? So everything that I talk, I've been a licensed realtor for 15 years, right? So when I talk to people, it's all about personal experience. And I think that's the reality for a lot of people of how they can connect with you. It's like, you're not just saying, hey, try this. You're saying, I've done this. I've struggled at this, which was going to be my next question. Like you launched with this and what did you struggle with as you were building that team? How long is this podcast? Well, <laughs> we might have to have you back, right? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's so many um, struggles there. And, um, you know, again, as entrepreneurs, uh, we just like to to find our own way and and oh, no, no, I'm really smart. I'm just going to I see that you did that and it kind of works, but like that doesn't really work for me. So I'm just going to I'm just going to change a little bit and I'm going to do it my way. And then, you know cycle after cycle after cycle, I finally said, all right, you know what? Someone has already written a book about this. Someone has created an incredibly successful company and maybe I don't know better. So perhaps I should just color in the lines and follow the instructions, which I'm allergic to because I'm an entrepreneur. Um, And gee, that worked. Who knew? So following those instructions, I was able to do more of what I wanted to do. And again, and that's the struggle and the difference between entrepreneurial and purposeful, right? We Entrepreneurial can be challenging because you can be all over the place. You're like, you think you need to recreate. You got to be, I got to find the purpose solution to do what I'm trying to do instead of just doing the other R&D, right? Rip off and duplicate and recognizing that, hey, there literally has written a book, literally has the company. Now, within that structure, multiple things you can do and different levers you can pull but the systems were there for you. So it took you a little bit of time and you got there. So what does your team look like now? So now we have 13 people, um, pretty well balanced between licensed and, and administrative, uh, and we're pushing toward expansion. So that's our next step. Um, we have some things that are unique about our team. Uh, I like to work with more people uh, rather than trying to get less people to produce more, because again, I'm really purposeful about having a, a counterbalanced life and enjoying our success now, rather than grinding really hard for some day when I'm going to be, you know, too old and broken to enjoy what I've built. So uh, we have we are wider than than anything. Um, we have an entire leasing department, which is a great lead generation source for us. Uh, we have a buyer team, a listing team, marketing, operations. Uh, we have one virtual assistant. And now we're ready to cut and paste into some other areas. We have the urban sprawl going here, as you know. So um, we're ready to make a, a greater impact. And everything that we do is tied in with our charitable work. Food, water, warmth, and rest are the four pillars. Oh, so say that, say, slow that down and say that again. Sure. Food, water, warmth, and rest. So our vision is a world without worry for food, water, warmth, and rest. So everything we do ties into one of those pillars and we're supporting some sort of charity. So in addition to our sales goals, we have inspirational goals. How many people can we inspire into action for our charity? How much money can we raise and how much impact can we have? So the result of our success looks like bettering the environment for someone else. So 
how did you come up with that? What mo what moves you to come up with that? So it's all about the grind. And I think that it's very interesting that I came up in real estate in during a time in my life of incredible growth, right? Literally three children I grew. Um, and it was hard to balance all of those things. And as an entrepreneur, um, you're, you're generally good at something, right? You're paving your own way. And so I stumbled into success and the more successful I got and the more I learned, the more I started looking at the next mountaintop. So here I am at the top of Everest looking over at K2 or vice versa. I can't remember which one's higher. I've got a friend on Everest right now, so I should probably ask her. Um, and finding that the success that I had reached um, wasn't enough because I knew I could do more. Now I, now I know the secret sauce, right? So I have to go and do that thing. And that thing was coming at the expense of my sanity or my family time or my friends or the things that were important to me before I got a taste of success. Um, and so I just decided that that was going to be more important to figure out how to balance that and stay out of the overwhelm. That's awesome. I, I love that you have the vision, right? You've got your, your the giving back, right? So your, your driving factors are all there. Your organizational structure, a business within the business, right? And future continued growth. Build it wide with, with your team of talented individuals and build them deep, right? So that everybody's got broad strokes, bandwidth and organizational features, right? You said you got your license in 16. I got my license in 09, actually. I started the team in 2016, and I realized I never finished answering the question, so if you'll forgive me, I'll back up and answer it because it's, it's a very important question. Um, how did I get into the charitable piece of it? So as I was grinding and grinding and grinding, I woke up one morning and I said, why? Right? That overwhelm. And it just, I didn't need any more money, and I didn't have any more time. And I didn't understand why I was working so hard to get to the top of the next mountain just because someone else was standing on it. And so when I looked within, I said, what's the thing that gets me out of bed? I was really struggling to find my big why. People say all the time, oh, it's my kids, it's my family. Well, I love my children, but unless, I mean, they're sometimes literally getting me out of bed, but that's not what inspires me, right? I love them and I love being a mom but my drive comes from somewhere else. And so my, I, I realized that my drive and my passion was really helping those less fortunate. I told you where, what my background was. I grew up poor, you know, not the kind of poor where I was in the streets, but poor enough that I was surrounded by enough affluence that I felt it. And I was always wanting something. And so when I got to the point where I didn't need any more of that, I turned around and said, okay, who can I help? And so I, I only want to work with people who are interested in that as well, because what is it with great power comes great responsibility. So with yeah, you're, you're right on the point. Yeah. I know exactly where you're going there. Um, I don't know the word for word, but I know exactly where you're coming. I'm from. really good at messing up all kinds of, <laughs> just, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like going to change it just a little bit. It's fine. It's to make them our own, right? <laughs> yeah. Kristen said that. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate your passion, right? And we all have a story. And let me ask you this, right? So now, okay, 16 started and here we are six years later and you've got 13 team members, okay? That's got to feel amazing, 
not just that you're a business owner, but your decisions, right, is now impacting the lives of 13 other people. And now you're coaching and you're starting a podcast and you're teaching classes. So your impact is infinite across those channels because it's a trickle down effect. How does that make you feel? That's what gets me out of bed every day. So my own personal mission is to create as much opportunity for as many people as I can touch. And if I hadn't gotten out of bed that day, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. So it's pretty spectacular to look just even at the individuals on my team who have a different life because I created something that they could step into and make better. Um, We have Afghan refugees, we have military spouses. Um, One of them just bought a house bigger and nicer than mine. And I can't even tell you what joy that brings me that someone who couldn't nurture a career anywhere got to grow wings under my tutelage. And um, it's just really exciting. So, and they tell me they're so grateful and that's even more wonderful. Um, there's a 19 year old that I gave an opportunity because I saw myself in him and watching their lives change is what gets me trudging through the stuff that I don't necessarily like. That's really hard. Um, and then watching the kind of impact that we can make together. And we go to uh, Mexico on mission trips together and we raise money and and watching all of this snowball and have that um, exponential impact is, is fulfilling. It's that thing that I was looking for when I woke up that day and said, why, you know, and now I, I can look every day and see the answer. So let me ask you, so, those missions and everything you're funding, do you have a charitable organization that you now fund? So I had started one when I was 24. Um, and over the years, I, I let that fall by the wayside. And then we started supporting multiple 501c3s um, around. And just now I'm helping start another organization. I'm on the board um, for this particular 501c3. It'll be called Allo. So yes and no. Okay. Well, because I know a lot of people that do, right? And that, heck, that could become a whole podcast in itself with the amount of successful business owners that I've met with that are passionate about what they're doing, the lives they're changing, not just through their businesses, through what their business can allow them to do. So as we start to kind of wind down here, I, I want to thank you for being open and honest with you. And I, I don't want to avoid the obvious, which is your incredible look. So there's got to be a story here because I've seen a couple of pictures of you online and the dynamic of the hair color is a little bit different. And this year, this week, I should say, you, you got a lot going on. So tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, that's that's another story. And it's my personal journey. It's funny because I have my old business cards here and I'll, I'll show you so you can see that. We call this one Senator Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> this was I love that. <laughs> this is what I looked like. I was actually pregnant with my daughter in this photo. So it was only five years ago. Not long, right? No, um, no, not at all. I would definitely not say that's within the time period that you would necessarily need to get a new professional photograph. I think you're good there. Right. But I did. I did get new um, professional photographs. Um, and that was part of my journey, right? There, a lot happened. And, and I've been in this period of incredible growth, not just family, but Um, with the team that I created. And there's a lot, especially in my area, you know, in in DC area, there's there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way and play a certain part in order to succeed professionally. And I just felt so, I don't want to say oppressed, but I felt smothered. 
and I felt like I couldn't really be myself. And um, it's been a five-year journey of just allowing my outsides to reflect my insides. And, you know, I'm not, I, I am that woman and I'm very professional and, you know, we take our business very seriously, but I like to have fun. And I think color is art and I like to bring joy. When I was pregnant, I'd walk down the, the street and everybody would smile at me because I was pregnant. I'm bringing, I'm bringing new life right now. When I walk down the street, they see my incredible hair and they will, I mean, they will pull their cars over. They will, they will cross busy streets. They will shout, they will run over across a room to tell me how much they love my hair. And I just really like being that reflection and seeing the joy in people's face. I think that's utterly amazing. Right. And you're right in corporate America, there's an expectation about how we present and how we look. And being an entrepreneur, right, allows us to be us and be you. And I think that's awesome. And I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this up. So I really appreciate you joining us this week on the Entrepreneurial Impact. I look forward to continuing our conversations with you, maybe even have you back again at some point in time. But on behalf of Joe and I, thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure and an honor, and I look forward to talking with you more.